For the next four sessions, we're stepping back to fill in a gap from the beginning of Season 3 with Gareth's mission for Zrinka. We recorded this when two of the players were unavailable for a couple months. In these sessions, you'll get to hear two additional players, one new and one returning. Both also have their own actual play podcasts. First, there'll be Sean from Dungeons and Pop, and then we'll hear again from Susanna from Thornvale. Kirsten will be playing a new character as well. After these sessions, we'll be back to where we left off the main party in the Twilight Peaks. Welcome to Name Givers, an Earth Dawn actual play podcast. So you, uh, I, I think Gareth has been training for a while um, with um, a unnamed um, gauntlet. I can't remember who it was, but there was a gauntlet you trained with. And um, you uh, feel a bit of a weird burning sensation coming from your armor. And I'll say that you maybe you're in the middle of meditating uh, somewhere. Um, maybe like one of the rooftops of one of the... Uh, it was, it was an abandoned building, but it's now within the uh, walled area of Zrinka's Redoubt, the um, mm-hmm. the reclaimed portion of Baracha Hold. Maybe you're on the how, roof there, meditating. How painful is the burning? It's not painful; it's just warmth um, to you because it, you know, being an elementally attuned person, you're like, oh, that's a. And you realize it's coming from the armor uh, on it, and. Um, so instead of so instead of like scrambling to get out of it because ow 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 hot 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 <laughs> it's oh something is amiss because my armor is doing a thing and you hear a bit of a vibration and then a sound in your head that says Gareth uh, come to my lair see me uh, I have something for you I need a help on my way <laughs> and I think you've been handed by um, someone, one of the, uh, sunrise gate keys. I'm trying to remember what they are, but there is a key. Um, I, I think I actually did carry one for a while. So that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, luckily I will say that this is actually set before sunrise. So you actually have a bit of time, um, mm-hmm. that out there. Um, yeah. So what do you do? Um, well, I leave a note and, you know, I have been summoned, so a summoning I shall go. Okay. And you're leaving yeah, a note I, I, I guess yeah, the others. Yeah, I leave yeah. a note so, so they don't freak out, uh, because I'm not a jerk like that. So, you know, 
Okay. Had to leave suddenly. Don't worry, I'll be fine. If not, you'll hear about it, most likely. Uh, Love, Gareth. And then he sets out. Nice. I will skip through all the narrative of going through all the various things for getting to... Actually, there's not that much to get to our lair. It's the place below our lair that's the weird extra Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, You'll notice uh, upon coming down through the Sunrise Gate, um, not as misty as it was before. Seems to be a bit... um, A bit of gardening has happened in here. Um, She's done some cleaning and pruning. Um, Some new plants, trees have been introduced. Seems to us someone's been doing some work down in here as you travel down, and there's a little less mist, um, so it's not so humid anymore. Uh, I, I think Gareth would, um, you know, be impressed by by the change in in the short while, as well as see if he can't, you know, reach out with his elemental attunement to the, the various things. Basically, just kind of a as a little practice. Okay, roll uh, half magic uh, balance seeker. That's perception plus... Potential karma. Right. Where? I'm just annoyed that I don't have anywhere on my sheet what my balance seeker level is. Was that two? Uh, or would this be one by, at this time? Which, which tri- No, the trials you had were... It would be three now. Because you had... There was earth. Mm-hmm. And then... Was there anything other than air? I think there was wood and fire because i remember facing those right wood and fire not earth and fire yeah yeah all right so you're second then yeah so half that uh yeah this is one of those annoying things it's called half magic because it used to be half uh no it's just um your your rank two plus your perception in this case oh okay that's good that's good actually because then it's eight instead of seven yep um and of course, always karma because. Yep. And we all dice roll, and we had a ten. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can actually tell in a ten that this is a much more balanced place before. Not that it was hugely unbalanced before, because it didn't really set you off too much. Mm-hmm. But it's just a kind of a calm, cozy place now for as far as elementalism goes, I guess. And the balance um, has been restored. <laughs> exactly. You feel this is probably the most balanced place you've ever been in your life, almost. Um, so it, it is probably very comfortable to you in that sense. Um, you can see down um, in one of the sections that uh, Zarenka seems to be actually sitting and meditating in dragon form, which is, I mean, how intimidating is that for Gareth? Uh, I mean, you know, it's a dragon. Meditating or not, it's a friggin' dragon. <laughs> that 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 is by its very nature is intimidating. Let you know, just because he knows her somewhat personally and is technically beholden to her as a balance seeker does not diminish the intimidation that much. You <laughs> know. And I would for, say for, that she- for, for one reason that is built of two words. Can you guess those two words? Because dragon. Yep. So I think she would sense that. Um, and you'll hear, you'll just feel this slight rush of wind heading towards where the dragon is kind of, you know, it's a spiral kind of, um, what do you call it? Walkway down into there. And, you know, you could fall off the edge if you were rolled off a bit. So 
you know, you, you don't lose your balance or anything, but you do feel a gust of wind suddenly head towards her and the dragon just kind of vanishes and you hear this kind of pop sound and uh, uh, roll, um, I don't know, just a straight perception or awareness, actually, if you have it. Okay. Um, I, I do have awareness, although the first thought in my mind is weasels are supposed to go pop, not dragons. <laughs> oh, no. Awareness. Yeehaw. Uh, I don't think karma on this one. Yeah. No, I think you had to as it as a versatility thing. So wouldn't I be do. karma. Yeah. Okay. Eleven. Okay. Yeah, you're not surprised as uh, you hear a flutter of wings behind you that sound like windling wings. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, there was a windling down here, wasn't it? Uh, like a friend or a student or something. Uh, no. Get you turn around if you do turn around. Do you turn around? I do. Yeah. You see the familiar windling form of Zrinka. Right, that was it. She took a windling form when she, as a name keeper form, after the, the whole ceremony. Hi, Gareth, uh, is this less intimidating? Well, I mean, I do travel with two of them, so eh? Obviously joking. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, you know, that's great. But, <sighs> I, I mean, no offense, but dragon <laughs> you know any motions to you know where she was in her size i mean that would intimidate anyone uh, true true um i sorry to summon you in sudden notice but um i have caught up on the events of oh let's say the last 400 years 500 years whatever it was uh, impressive no matter. um yes it uh, dragon things we can yeah, but it, in this case, mostly just uh, really just talking to these thoracic people that showed up. The uh, the commission people that showed up, ah. and they they cut me up a bit on uh, politics, world, etc. All that. Uh, of course, I did this in windling form um, at the time, but um, hmm, I'm sure I'm we would have known otherwise. I, I'm thinking of maybe presenting myself to them in a. More dramatic fashion soon. But anyways, um, uh, it is unfortunate, but my uh, uh, my sire, I don't know what the right word is in human um, or name, you know, name giver, young race uh, name thing. Uh, but um, the one who raised me, um, Vasgentis, the uh, eater of cities, the lore keeper, the, and she rattles on with a bunch of things. But I'm sure eater of cities probably made your hair stand on end briefly if you had any yeah <laughs> it's like oh yeah keeper floor eater of cities what <laughs> excuse me uh he um he unfortunately uh, has passed on um in recent years i have been told um and um well there would be Two things I would expect. Uh, one would be, um, I, I would have had something sent to me notifying me of this and probably some information of, uh, what would be uh, inheritance? Is that the term that might be used by your people? Something anything like that? left, anything left by a quote unquote, uh, kin member, uh, given to you when they pass? Yes. Inheritance. Yeah, yes. Like that. Eh, maybe not as crude as you people do, but yes, like that. <laughs> C- 
and <laughs> and uh, I would also like to kind of know what has happened to Vescenta's lair. So, um, you don't mind. Uh, I can hand you this, and she passes you actually a small crystal. Uh, probably at first, you, it gives you a, a little shock of like, oh no, not one of these blood crystals again. Yeah. Um, like you had it's growing like, oh, out of your hand. Here we go but again. This one's blue instead, though. And actually kind of glowing, kind of very pretty, like, and fairly smooth, not rough. Um, and she's handing it to you, and it's actually kind of windling palm size, so it's actually, like, pretty much jelly bean sized. Um, That's tight. <laughs> she said, this will give you access um, to um, where... In, See, normally Vascentus, he he takes audience from name givers. Other dragons didn't like this, and but they tolerated it. You usually have to go in the um, uh, front door, I guess you would refer to it. But uh, this should give you kind of access to the more dignified entrance, which is at the top of Mount Wormspire. Oh, so the private entry key versus the public entry key thing like that. And it would also allow you to travel by airship fairly safely there. Good to know. He um, will take it from her and put it somewhere very safe. May Make sure that it doesn't fall out of any pockets or anything. So I would have expected some kind of outreach from the, you know, great dragons, but uh, they have not yet done so. So I, I, I wonder if, like, first of all, uh, whatever I have coming for me, they, whoever is caretaking the, uh, layer now whether it is is Drake's or there is a new uh, Lord of the Manor as it were um, they are obliged to give uh, any of my envoy um, uh, what is due to me so you, you should not face any danger um, hopefully I will say <laughs> I, I can imagine that there's always going to be those types that one wouldn't believe that I was your envoy two Perhaps think you're dead, so I'm, you know, just a normal, you know, oh, name giver treasure hunter or something. Keep that Who knows? crystal with Who knows? you. They will know. Very well. I will make sure of that. Um, I have uh, procured a, a, a ship and a couple companions for you on this, as I, I have something else in mind for the uh, windings and uh, troll you have with you. Okay. Um, uh, good thing I left that note then. I, um, there was a, uh, crashed airship in my, well, in Paracha Hold. Uh, I kind of helped them out a bit. They, they don't necessarily know of what I am, but, uh, eh, don't worry about whether you need to tell them or not. You, you can if you wish, because most people will honestly know soon enough. Um, but, um, they do know their, um, their ship has been repaired, uh, and the repairs paid for mysteriously in exchange for helping uh, a certain balance seeker. Aha. And <laughs> it, I would assume showing them the gem would also work, saying I'm the one you're looking for, or would there be something else to tell them oh, this? Oh, no, I've given them description. Very well. And she smiles. And you realize that you basically had no way of saying no to this anyway. <laughs> Well, not that he was going to, because, you know, dragon. Yeah, exactly. He ain't stupid. And, and actually, the smile in this windling is a lot more intimidating than it should be for a windling. Yeah, it's Kinda the like, 
It's the I know your true form. That's scary <laughs> type of thing. It's like you suddenly know what it's like to look at a windling from the perspective of a fly, uh, maybe looking at one, even though this one's smaller than you. <laughs> yeah. Some, something to be said about presence of uh, presence in the room. Um, he will do his best to not show the intimidation, wanting to keep uh, being respectful. And I think he will say, well, barring some short time to make sure I am properly supplied, I believe I will immediately uh, set out on this immediately then. Very nice. I believe you can find them at the Unsteady Spirit. The Unsteady Spirit. And you know that to be a tavern. Actually, the first one that opened. Oh, and, uh, nice. The, what do you call it? Um, uh, Zarenka's readout. Alrighty. Um, he will then bow to her. Uh, and if she does not need him for anything else, he will take his leave of her. Nice. Okay. And she will bow, and um, yeah, you can head back to Unsteady Spirit. Okay. So I'm going to go uh, over to the other character. Oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, yeah, he's going to, you know, make, make sure his supplies are, you know, up to date and restock what needs to be. Basically, I'm not going to change anything, like, mechanically on my on my sheet or nothing. Uh, but yeah. I apologize in advance for my character's introduction, Rob. You're probably well, going to make me roll some dexterity rolls. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're going to switch over to Jerome and Zoran. Uh, do you two spend time together while you're in Baracha Hole during the repairs, or are you just, like, split off a lot, or or spend a lot of time in the tavern, or what? what maybe let's, yeah, let's just first determine that. I, I think Zoran is spending his time in a tavern because he needs to tell his tall tales and balance on chairs. Okay. On only two legs. What's Joram do during this time? Uh, during the days, she might wander a bit, but in the uh, afternoon to the evenings, she's she's actually there to, to hear some of the stories. Oh, nice. By wander a bit, you mean maybe travel into the um, uh, the kind of non-cleared sections of the beyond yeah. the walls, I guess. Okay, cool. I want you to roll. Yeah, exactly. I want your roll, and because this will introduce your, your discipline really well, a perception-based half-magic, and this is for kind of animal spirit, um, animal spirits in the greater vicinity around you. Maybe, maybe a lay of the land, I think, is the way I'm going to treat it, actually. From a, By the way, uh, so you're a, I, I know you're a shaman, and that gives away what your uh, discipline is, but is there a specific kind of shaman that Jerem is? Because I know there's urban shamans as well as... Oh, uh, right, right, right. Um, Her background is she does come from a cavalry tribe. Okay. So kind of a nomadic shaman. Very much at this point. Okay, cool. A lot to begin with and then add to that. Okay. Because that'll inform what happens in this role, I think. Awesome. Um, If I can remember everything. Yay. Fifteen. Okay. So uh, during your time through here, searching through this place, you're seeing pieces uh, here and there of, you know, it's uh, even though animals are your usual target, you are finding odd, twisted pieces of wood in places that shouldn't be. Like, 
you're thinking, well, there wouldn't have been a tree this big around here because there's no stump anywhere. There's, there's a lot of just pieces and random places. And that's kind of like making you feel like this is a strange place. Um, there seems to be also that most of the animal spirits here are young. There are some that are extremely old, but like generally it seems like life here was very disturbed for a long time until recently. So most of your animal spirits are basically either very ancient or very young. Oh, um, what do I do with that knowledge? Um, man. I'm just trying to think maybe there would be one that uh, would pique your interest. A, it's very old, the spirit. There's like a rat spirit. I'm really doing a call it shout run here, aren't I? <laughs> Yay! You had like a rat spirit um, that is been here for a long time. You think it's been here through the scourge even, but it spent a lot of its time hiding underground. Mm-hmm. Um, it is um, what you would expect as something old in terms of spirits. It is not very well tethered to this world. It is very mm-hmm. faint, but it is present. What do you do? Um, well, I would be very patient, a little patient, um, and, uh, sort of work up to, uh, you know, sort of giving it some little rat scritches. (laughs) Um, what, (sighs) I don't have spirit talk, so what can I learn from an animal spirit? Um, check your half magic, because I think there might be, uh, Let's see if I can find Mystic Paths. Let's take a look, because I'm pretty sure there's stuff in Half Magic for... Okay. Uh, Recognize different animals, animal tracks, and abnormal behavior amongst animals and creatures. A shaman may make a half ma- perception half magic test to detect this presence of spirits. Oh, um, here we go. You know what? We can have oh. this as part of your karma ritual. Um, the karma ritual is involved... Oh, wait, yeah, there's beast spirits. So... Detail, right, they call it beast spirit in this version. So, beast spirit is spirits. Uh, use the spells and tell spirit hold. Interact with it. You didn't take spirit hold, but that's okay. Part of the karma ritual actually involves um, materializing a. You groom the spirits. Oh, an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why just, you get scratches. Yeah, that's neat. So, um, do you have any questions for the spirit? We won't say there's spirit talk, but maybe there's some kind of empathy that could empathetical communication that could happen. Um, I'm curious about why. Sort of, I, I want to get an idea of what keeps him around because why, why is such an old spirit so still tethered to the world? It will, uh, you will feel a gesturing kind of towards the, um, anytime a young, uh, animal of some kind such as a rat or mouse or anything goes by and by young I mean living basically (laughs) anything that's alive it will kind of gesture towards that as if it is overlooking them Um, and you do get a garner the sense that it just wants to make sure that um, other beasts can uh, establish themselves before it passes uh, beyond you know this realm that deserves some extra scritches (laughs) (laughs) excellent and um, maybe we'll skip over to Zoran. You are doing a tale, a tall tale, maybe. Doing a tall tale. I feel like he's balancing a chair on one leg. He's on top of the chair. 
and jabbing in the air, talking about how how he dealt with the raiders, uh, dealt with some raiders with a creative swing of the swing of the sail, and just bollywopped them right off the boat. <laughs> Very nice. It's like we're like. I lured ten of them, and I was dealing with heavy winds, and I felt the nation was trying to tell me something, and so I I moved carefully from chair to chair, from from barrel to barrel, drawing their attention towards the sail. And he's hop. I feel like he hops off the chair. He's balancing, and he's hopping in another one. He's just he's. I don't know how much of a crowd he's gotten, but he's just like. And then I I went. I just. I waited for the right time, got the right rope, and boy did the wind send that sail flying into those flows, sending them flying, or sending them, uh, sending them flying into the water like uh, barrels after tuna. <laughs> and can you give a description of your character looks? Just because this would be entertaining at this point, I think. Uh, he has. I feel like he has. Le- he had padded leather armor, which I feel is sleeveless, and he has tattoos on his arms that look like they. I don't. It, you have to almost have to narrow your, like, kind of narrow your eyes and tilt them. But it, I feel like it's it's almost like lines that almost look like if a modern person were to look at them, they were just a bunch of emoticons. <laughs> yeah kind of uh i know what the there's a term for that but uh almost like petroglyphs i guess uh yeah. maybe something like that now you're a tuscrang what color of one are you because you got the you got the kind of scaly skin and tail and crest and all i that. feel like he's in i don't know if indigo is a is a color yeah. for these but i will totally. go with indigo indigo colored because it would be kind of a eric would scream you can also go with like a shiny sheen, kind of an oily sheen type of thing too. There's definitely been Discrang that do that. Um, yeah, cool. Discrang with tattoos is something I hadn't thought about before. That's neat. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, he saw he saw someone who looked cool and badass, and he said, "I want that." If I think that's cool and badass, it may it may help me uh, convince someone else that I'm cool and badass. Nice. He's a he's a he's a man who's full of his own height. And I think this is when we're gonna put Gareth walking in first. Um, what does Gareth look like? Just so we can get a you know a reminder of that one. Alrighty, Gareth is a simple and plain human. He is incredibly pale from living in a cairn for all of his life. He is not very tall, being five foot five. Um, he does have tattoos, uh, body art, uh, across his, his body himself, um, runic designs and symbols. Uh, I do remember that is one of the skills I took was, uh, artisan body painting because the, the gauntlet with the symbols and everything. I honestly can't remember his eye color. So yeah, you see this, um, yeah, just graying, telling tall tales while balancing a chair. Uh, was that balancing on a chair or a chair on your? I can't he was originally was balancing on a chair, and then he uh, he kind of jumped to another chair, and it was like kind of like to, to simulate him jumping from barrel to barrel on the outside of the oh, ship. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so um, I'm gonna Zoran to roll a perception. So you take uh, your step in perception, uh, not the attribute number, but the step number. 
you do a roll with that, with the dice roller. Yeah, I'll give you difficulty six. Five, okay. So one below, uh, not quite there, but I think this means that basically, uh, Gareth, as you walk in, you see someone doing this and you think, you're probably thinking, hey, I gotta wait for whoever it is. Might as well, I don't know, does Gareth drink at all or does he just sit somewhere mm-hmm. and wa- watch well, I, the show? I, I think he's, I think he's drank in the past, in yep. past, uh, yep, he has. Maybe not as much as the others, but he has had his fair share of drinks. I think there was a couple of times where you drank too much because you hadn't really done it before. So I think by that's, now you've learned sounds, your lesson sounds, yeah. on what too much is. So <laughs> And to never listen to the windlings. Exactly. Because they're always like, oh, you'll be fine. Just drink some more. It's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no. Quiet, Neveth. Um, <laughs> so I think he's just going to order a simple ale and wait for uh, the people he's supposed to wait for. Not knowing okay. that they're already here. And Zoran, you were, you, as I described, kind of, I'm just not going to re- redo the narrative there beyond just re- saying that basically, yeah, Zorinka, it was this windling hired you, they mysterious, wealthy windling who, uh, with, I think it was kind of reddish, she had a reddish uh, tone to her skin. Very unusual. Um, but windlings can change the skin quite easily, skin color quite easily, so maybe that's why. Um, she paid for your ship being repaired and just in exchange for taking uh, some guy to a place um, off in the uh, Scythe Mountains. Scythe Mountains. Um, and the person of that description is apparently sitting there and uh, nearby <laughs> in the room right now after you're done your little show. I, I think he... Um, I think Theron hops down and he goes, now I forget what the voice is now, because... <laughs> Sorry. Um, like, well, hello there. Are you... Hello there, sir. You both seem to be someone I'm looking for. Am I? As he, you know, sips his drink. You wouldn't be happy to look for passage from an from an airship, would you? But be by the be a person by the name of Gareth. You wouldn't happen to be the person related to a supposedly crashed airship that recently got repaired. I I I would be a, I would be connected to that. Yes. Then I believe I am the Gareth you seek. Aha. Aha. Ah, well, Gareth, it's nice to meet you. I am the famed Captain Zoran. And he holds out his hand. And Gareth, not making mention that uh, he's never heard of this famed captain before, takes his hand and says, A pleasure to meet you, sir. Pleasure to meet you as well. You might have, you might have heard not so much of my, my claims as a captain, but the many crashes I've survived over the years. I'm a man who knows how to crash well when the situation deems necessary. I think your name has popped up once or twice. Gareth says, lying through his teeth, because, again, he's never heard of Zoran before. (laughs) I think maybe this would be a good time for Jerome. You would be uh, returning... From your morning stroll, I guess, through Paracha Hold. 
because yep. you were told you were meeting someone here around noonish or so. So yep. if you want, you can come in and maybe what does Jerem look like? Uh, I put effort into that. Yep. A effort. Sort of effort. Uh, so as a sort of average heighted troll, Jerem's around six-ish feet. Um, oh, troll. I thought you were troll. No, no, orc. Orc. I words <laughs> get mixed up. No. That's what the troll That's, with Gahad would it. be uh, quite something. No, no. <laughs> uh, I'm not good with words. Um, she's sort of got a brassy, tannish skin. Uh, and so orcs generally don't have great hair. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jerem has uh, a brown kind of wiry mane that, you know, grows from the top of her head and down to, like, from her shoulders. Like, it's, you know, not like lion mane, but it's like, it's hairy there. Um, and, you know, she she fills out a doorframe pretty well. Um, speaking of doorframes, she sort of walks in the door, picks up the, the pub cat, looks him in the eyes, and is like, Maybe go easy on, on, on the rats and mice today and puts them down. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you see Zora in here with um, a guy who matches the description of the person you were supposed to escort somewhere. Excellent. Sort of walk right up and sit down. This our this our guy? Or the uh, the one with the uh, the windling friends who keep turning the bar over? God. And Gareth's just like, oh god, what did they do now? And like they you they could the the um Zoran and this new orc ah. whose name I forgot sees Gareth just Jerem. like oh god no. Gareth. Should I be Pleasure. apologizing for them? Oh gosh, no. Alright. Yeah. Barkeep likes to have a laugh and uh, and encourage anybody to sort of one-up them. It hasn't happened yet. Knowing those two windlings in particular, the only way that you could one-up them is probably by destroying the bar somehow. Especially if glitter's involved. Uh, yeah, that's our boy. So, uh, we, uh, we're all packed, right? You... Ready to hit the uh, sky? I am, I, guess? In, I am in fact packed and ready to go. the uh, The sooner the better. I, I feel this is a sort of urgent mission. Not to be rude, but oh gosh, there's a word I'm looking for. Um, I keep wanting to say proprietor, but no, that that's not right. Um, what, what's the word for? It's describing what Zarinka is to. Oh, patron might be the word you're looking for. Yes, that I think that's it. My patron. Um, well, I don't want to make them wait, and this feels like it's important. So the sooner we can go, the better. I think. <laughs> you know, the the impression I'm just getting is that Zoran and Jerem must think that Aerith is must be like just either maybe just owes the windling race something because <laughs> windling companions he puts up with and now he's doing the bidding bidding of some other wealthy windling who just paid for this 
It's like, yep. uh, like he's paying off a debt or something. <laughs> he had windlings. I don't know what oh. it is. Then I won't take my boots off. Uh, Zarin, you wrapping up your drink? You're, uh... Yeah, I think Zarin's like, looks up and he's clearly chugging chugging his drink and it's like just holds up a finger before finishing it off. <laughs> With the arm out and the finger up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he puts down his mug and he's like, all right, well, I'm, well, I'm ready when you guys are. Right. <laughs> then, uh, let us leave. All right. Um, Zoran, maybe... Okay, so airships in Earthdawn, they tend to follow somewhat of a Viking bit of inspiration, usually. I would say this one probably would have some... I, so either it was a Skrang vessel or maybe you have like gotten a different vessel um, secondhand at some point designed by someone else. But I'm basically saying it's probably a, the, one of the small side of the small Drakkar style, uh, which means I think we've ruled in the past that's like a minimum complement of six trolls and they do the um, rowing part of these boats because these are the Viking style boats that actually have rowers on each side. Uh, and rows at the bottom, and they are rowing through air, quite literally, is how the airships work in this system, unless you have a fancy elemental engine like a certain other group does now. <laughs> and, uh, or, you know, uh, some, some places have other means of doing it, but um, yeah, so most deal, so you're going to have a true uh, crew complement of six trolls of. You can rhyme off names if you wish, or generate names, or just refer to them as crew, however you wish. Um, but generally, they do the grunt work of the rowing portion of it. So you're aware of how that works, and that'll be below decks. And I think with the one that the the Raising Spirits, the the ship, the main group has, there's kind of two levels uh, below decks, and I think I'll make that consistent here. It's just smaller. Um, although it's still big because I mean trolls are big and they need to get under there um, so uh, basically there's the lowest deck and then there's kind of mid deck and then there's the top deck I guess is the way I'll describe it I know there's better terms for it but um, beyond that if you want to describe like uh, masts, flag uh, any painting done things like that do you feel free or anything that Jerem may have added to this <laughs> along the way if she feels artistic she likes not painting. Yeah. She likes chatting with the trolls and with Zaren and maybe accidentally causing them to come out of lockstep and oops, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Sean, is there anything in particular you'd want in the design of this in terms of flair? It's very, I feel like it's, it's weirdly piecemeal. Me, yep. piecemeal. I can't remember which one's the right term. Piecemeal. Piecemeal. Yeah, it's it's got a little bit. It's got a little bit. Of, I feel like because because <laughs> we've established she's expert at crashing. It's either it's, piecemeal it, or hodgepodge. It's hodgepodge is a good way to put it. It's it's more for functionality than any sort of of uh, flair. And in its own way, I feel like in its own way, it be, despite the fact it's made of all these different ships that aren't, it's kind of like all these ships that it's, I, 
I keep on going back to like the the, the latest Ducktales because there was like a point where they showed how Launchpad prepared the plane, and it doesn't make sense. But it, it still like, works. Uh, it sounds like he he's channeling the um, the works from Warhammer 40k. It works because he believes it does. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's very much it's designs no human would no no well, no 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 human no no single person would think to put parts together and he somehow makes it work. Okay, so you maybe have some extra flares and parts that like you think help. They may or may not. Yeah. So maybe there's some tail fin added somewhere and uh, maybe a like a propeller like thing somewhere even though nobody's invented propellers yet and there's no reason to use one it's there somewhere <laughs> maybe along the sides or something um, and I would say that you know the various masks maybe come from different sources as you've replaced them over time much like an old car with uh, that's had panels replaced here and there and got different colors and different parts maybe your masks are from different sources um, some more colorful than others I mean discrang like their things often very garish in color almost um, so you may or may not be one of those discrang who love their bright colors or not but uh, maybe you've got a few of them mixed in there yeah that makes sense patchwork is another patchwork. term yep Definitely patchwork. I would say, you know, okay, Gareth, as uh, you're shown this vessel, I think it's um, actually in a special dock where it's under repairs. And, um, oh, I got to come across. Maybe I'll pull up on the NPCs from Bracha. I remember having, um, there was an orc, I believe. There was also a windling who was a, let's see. Windling airship. There was a guy who did a windling airship thing. Do, do, do. Searching my old notes is not very quick, though. Uh, oh, Gishi. That was a Wayland mm-hmm. Archer. Uh, Swordmaster Wingard. Uh, Gishi was part of the Wingard, but also Chris Dunn was. Chris Dunn. Um, Kastulami. Hmm. Yeah, I'll go with Gishi because of the whole Windling thing. It'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because more Windlings. Um, hey, I was going to say just more Windlings. Yeah, you uh, recognize that's the person overseeing the um, repairs, or at least the finalization of the repairs, is Gishi. Um, it was that really grumpy windling mm. who um, was commanding this really tiny airship that seemed like it was designed for windlings. And you remember Dash the orc was having was struggling getting under decks in this thing because he had to duck and all that. When, uh, when you all were dealing with uh, a long time ago when you first came to Baratto Hold and you were dealing with the first of the um, what were they called? The Cacophonies. Um, Sounds they were kind of, awfully familiar. Yeah. So uh, you'll, you'll recognize him and he'll look over at you and the other two and be like, oh, that guy you, eh? What's, uh, where are you all headed? Okay, to be completely did did was I told where we're going or, yeah. or was I just given a general direction of that way yeah you were I guess this was yeah, she did mention worm um, uh, worm spire sorry I get oh right the, the worms, worm spire worm uh, spire it is, deep? it is called mount worm spire mount worm spire and this is so I will get you actually just to roll a quick legends and heroes roll because I'm pretty sure you have that as a thing mm-hmm 
I do indeed. Um, you will know just as an air sailor where Mount Worm Spire is, though, anyways, just because it's not that far from here. It's a huge point of interest to any air sailor as somewhere not to go in terms of, like, uh, forbidden airspace normally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, on a nine, Legends and Heroes. So you know the Mount Worm Spire was the home of, as Jen says, the Great Dragon. Um, as far as you know, um, yeah, most of your information you have has pretty much been relayed to you by Zarinka. But beyond that, um, yeah, yeah, you know that generally as an air sailor, don't go flying over that because that's like a good way to get in trouble with someone like... It was probably bad enough when Vanchantis was alive, but the amount of disrespect that might communicate when he's, he's dead. gone, yeah. Uh, might, you know, tick off the wrong people thinking you're there as a grave robber in a sense. Um, so, Oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> you know no, that, you know, with that. That, without what you've been given, uh, you would not even pass your mind to ever go there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to say... Um, Mount Wormspire. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. And you'll hear him muttering under his breath, your, your funeral, buddy. It's like, oh, don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I think we will be expected. Right. Um, well, uh, Zoran, is it? Well, hey, um, yeah, I replaced a few of your doodans there. They're, they're, they're kind of, um, well, you're, uh, and he just does, he utters a whole bunch of like gibberish you haven't heard of before. But I want you to roll a hair sailing perception, we'll say. So that would be um, your circle, which is five, plus your perception. So I want to see how much of this gibberish you are able to understand. I get in on that too. Uh, yeah, you could actually. Hooray. That's a good so point. Perception hair plus hair sailor. Yeah, so. yeah, which is one for you. Mm hmm. So seven, because my perception is six. And either you can use karma if you want, so. All right. Uh, for Sean, karma is the exclamation point after the number. Okay. If you want to spend it, and it's just you expend a point of karma, be checking a box off the sheet, I believe, or unchecking. I can't remember how it works. Yeah, because <laughs> when you okay. click the little box, right. it says expended one. Right. right. Sorry. Sorry, Rob. What was the what was I rolling? Again? Your perception plus your circle. So circle is five, and then what's your perception? Uh, my that perception is a four. Okay, so nine. That's a low perception. All right, step nine for eight. All right, so you stand about half of what he's saying. There was something about like uh, a flange somewhere that you're like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> And, and all I can th- all I can think of is what the fuck is a samoflange? <laughs> yeah, there's a samoflange that I had to replace, and yeah, I discharged your charged the the person who ordered this, and et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, him having a low perception is fitting for the whole launch pad angle. <laughs> True. If you think about it, <laughs> and you know, it's one of your masks has been replaced with like a um. A banner. Uh, it looks like the mast came from like a long, long time ago. Like it's got a a standard on it of some kingdom you've never heard of or never seen that standard of before on there. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that." When you notice it, he's like, "Oh yeah, that, this, this is all we had left in here. It's just uh, it's an old uh, banner of the Principality of Bratchold. Um Yeah, don't have much up here yet. Sorry, bud. 
I think it's fine. <laughs> that is a uh, that is a good good looking ship. It's a good looking ship. <laughs> anyone 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 seen here. Robin Hood Men in Tights? It's the best movie on the face of the planet. <laughs> a good change. It's a good change. Same tonality. Yep. Like that's a that's a good ship. That's a that's a good ship. Uh, so what does Zoran do? Definitely laughs. <laughs> what does Zoran typically do when you know getting aboard his vessel? Okay. Um. I am. I'm sorry, Rob. I'm trying to oh, trying no to focus. <laughs> that's, that's always. I can always provide prompts too. So. Um, you notice that, um, yeah, some of the mast has been replaced. There's, um, you notice that some of the crew has actually gotten, seems like better outfits and stuff. Um, you suspect someone may have paid them finally, paid off their debts because <laughs> you, you were, you had this little side concern that you had been, you know, promising that, you know, you'll get the money soon. You get the money soon. Next thing we get, you'll get the money. And like suddenly I'll have new outfits and stuff and you're like, oh, and they don't seem as grumpy and they seem to be actually kind of nodding their cap at you each time they see I, you. I, I think Zoran looks at their out, their new outfits and and I think he's, mentally he's doing a checklist. Are they sleeveless too? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the priority. Yep. You, you, you gotta have, you gotta look like a crew, the unified crew if you wanna wanna get future jobs and he's just saying I mean, he doesn't want to be the outlier out out outlier out as much as you well, he only no, likes no, no. being the outlier and uh to, to be fair as a captain you would have an uh, a modified uniform to set you apart from the crew so even if they have sleeves you not having sleeves is not detrimental exactly this is true <laughs> <laughs> and i think he he's taking he thinks about it and then he goes below deck and tries to and, and he uh, I think he uh, he goes into his room to check how his room looks and he tries to make sure that the secret compartment with all his miniatures is still there the secret compartment with all his miniatures <laughs> <laughs> they are still there <laughs> I think he bro- he breathes a sigh of relief and heads back out and I think I think his next concern is he's going to go over to the controls just to see if anything's changed there, because he years of jury rigging, jury rigging all these different parts together. It's he I have a his, system. Don't mess with yeah. the system. <laughs> yeah, so they've messed with it a bit. You had a lot of dials and knobs that didn't. You weren't sure if they did anything. I mean, you thought they did, and Gishy, when you're just totally- doing the. Yeah, Gishy always walking through it. He's like, yeah, I don't know who did that, man, but uh, none of those <laughs> did anything. It's the, the helm and the trolls really is what drives this thing. I don't know what those were. Maybe someone sold you some, uh, uh, well, sold you or maybe a previous owner some uh, some uh, pop goods. But um, yeah, you, you uh, don't need that. They were for the sound system. Sound system? Sound system. <laughs> oh, he's one like, of those, huh? He's like, yeah. Oh yeah, one of those. Uh, it 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 adjusted some of the uh, patchwork holes so that the ship made different sounds as I approached. Oh, you know, you know what? And he just suddenly gets a lot less grumpy and gets interested. I've heard about another ship like that that did stuff with sound. It, it, 
it, this, no, this isn't, but have you encountered the, any of the song ships? I'm wondering, well, he the player is wondering, has Sauron encountered any of them? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. There are some ships out there that um, use resonant humming, and you're not sure how it all works, but um, something about harmonics and humming. There are thing, uh, There's at least one that uh, goes to par length fairly often, for example. Uh, I off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of it, but um, it actually, as a GM, can't remember the name of it. But there is one that uh, does uh, does. You can hear it coming a mile away. This ship, but it is uh, uses harmonics for um, stuff like that. And I guess that's free. I didn't get you to roll as an air sailor to know, to know that, but it is something you've heard of. Uh, I, I think Norm's like ah, I, I. I saw it at a distance once as a child, and that's what got me interested in investing in a sound system. <laughs> I think it's uh, to cover up the rattle. The fact that we could actually call it a sound system and not in it not be anachronistic amuses the hell out of me. <laughs> because it is a system in which one produces different sounds. Exactly. That's, that's what actually came to my mind because um, so the other Earth Dawn podcast um, uh, what's it called? The Legends of Barsafe? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Legend of Legends of Barsafe? I think that's Legends of Earthdawn. No, Legends of Earthdawn. It's just called Legends of Earthdawn. Legends of Barsafe was, was one of the books. Anyways, one of their things involved a ship called the Song Something or Other, and the ship did actually have like um, some kind of resonant song engine. And, and uh, it was like an elemental engine that uh, resonated at a certain frequency that sounded like song. And it was really fascinating to me to hear about that. So I'm like, this is a good way to work this in. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I, I think Zoran considers and goes, I, I think I believe some of the reeds involved were scraped off in the um, in my spectacular cl- crash. Now that I think about it, they may, be, may have been lost among the children in town thinking they were some type of pipes. Yeah, okay, whatever, man. Uh, as he kind of realizes you probably don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, uh, good luck, Gareth. Uh, you're gonna need it. You hear under his breath. So he may or may not hear the mm-hmm as Gareth passes by. <laughs> All right. Does, um, Jerem have any pets? Um, not at. Well, I was probably supposed to do that. Well, it doesn't have to be an animal companion. It could just be a pet. Like, literally, there's a cat on board or something like that. I don't know. Just wanted to check okay. with you on Okay, well that. then, yeah, sure. There's definitely a weasel. A weasel. That would be awesome. Oh, no. Not a weasel. <laughs> I think... What's the weasel's name? As long as uh, it's not um, sprinkles, we're fine. <laughs> she, uh, she actually does a two-octave whistle. To the, it doesn't give it a... Well, I guess names are really important. I mean, yeah. Oh, wow. That's pet the hardest generator. thing. A pet <laughs> name generator. Um, it's definitely not going to start with F. Sorry, Nevin. Yeah. Um, okay, no, no, no. You got one? Okay, you're going to love it. It's Weasel. Yeah. It's Weasel, weasel the Weasel. I was also going <laughs> to suggest that, too. All right. Yeah, Weasel the Weasel. Uh, yeah, what color is the weasel? White or one of uh, No, brownish? he's brown. Got a little white belly. Um, 
cute little beady black eyes. Very, very weasel-sized. All right. You see weasel come up and just kind of follow you alongside. Um, uh, What do you call that armrest area of the deck? Like, um, is there a term for that? I I would go with railing. Railing. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, (laughs) weasel follows along the railing as you walk and kind of... Does Weasel tend to come run up your pants and sit in your shoulder kind of thing? Uh, sounds like a Weasel thing to do. It is a Weasel thing to do. Yeah, let's let's go for it. Okay. Yeah, you have a Weasel in your shoulder suddenly. Yeah. After after it does like a 360 around your leg and up your back. Just a, a soft pat. Acknowledgement that my friend is there. Sort of... Uh, just make room on the deck for all the the crew and everybody packing up and getting ready to go. Awesome. Um, yeah, let's... Uh, so, Zoran, um, if you have any particular nuance you want to add to your usual kind of takeoff activities, um, Gitchy has made sure all the, you know, uh, dry dock, I guess that's a term you could use, uh, materials have been loosened and you're free to go however you wish um, uh, but narratively but first you could just do an air sailing roll and uh, Gareth could also do an air sailing roll because he could work uh, you know un- with your direction as kind of second mate if you wish hey, okay yeah that works okie dokie alright uh, let's see was that that's we'll, talent we'll do the um, we'll do the rolls as kind of narrative rolls rather than the typical earth on one so I'll just go with difficulty five, and um, we'll see what happens from there. Okay, so I, from, from what I'm reading on my sheet, I would do a roll for a rank. Is it attribute step six? Right. Yeah, whatever your action step is. Uh, I could see if I could peek at your sheet and see what that says. So air sailing rank. Action step's 11 for you. So you have attribute step of six, and then your rank of five is added together to make 11. So you'll notice that that column that says action step, which I'm kind of highlighting now. Nice. Um, 21. Very nice. Okay. And I can can do double karma because it's on an airship. Yep. Correct? Zoran could too, but I'm just not overwhelming Sean with new rules. So (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) And yet somehow... Double karma. Ten. I still, yeah. No, that 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 tracks. Yep. I I, so, I, I have a I have a feel for how this goes with how the rolls. If I may may suggest. Okay. Rob. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Zoran is not a quiet leaver. <laughs> so I, I maybe maybe like I feel like at first Gareth is thrown off by how fast the ship starts leaving. Like like well, yeah, those, to be completely honest, like a, like a cinematic takeoff. Like he's doing, Zoran's doing like a whole cinematic, dramatic takeoff, like Enterprise or whatever, where it's just and it's just throwing Gareth off briefly, but then Gareth is catching on. Yeah, to add to that flavor, the reason this happens is for some reason you have your crew trained to row very quickly compared to most because usually you just kind of raise off the ground slowly you let the crew do the rowing in a smooth fashion so you're you know even keeled and so on but um gareth you're probably going to be quite impressed with how quickly this thing gets off the ground with a very well-trained crew uh, 
21s are a lot of successes on there um, without like tipping back and forth too much uh, not too much turbulence you guys get up in the air very fast more quickly than you're used to at least and actually might be a little unnerving for someone who just got out of the care like a year ago so yeah but he's also thinking I wonder if we could talk to Galiza about this because this could be useful in an emergency so you see the site the mountains here and this is a small part of our save but big mountains you're kind of in the western corner of this um kind of up in the snowy area uh, what you're going to see as you go up is that you're mostly surrounded by snow, but for some reason, this particular place on the mountain is kind of, it's circular-ish. Uh, it seems to be untouched by snow. Uh, there's some something making this place warmer, uh, a more temperate climate. Uh, it's got a big dead tree in the center of it at the moment, uh, and lots of sections of this old kingdom that uh, you know has been overrun during the scourge but recently parts of it have been reclaimed um, and where you're headed is where this on this map there's a yellow bubble on the east side that's uh, the east side of Scythe Mountains is where a worm spire our Mount Worm Spire is and so you're headed more or less due east but you're probably not going to follow the peak all the way but it's kind of up to you guys how you want to do that which direction you wish to approach from? I think Zaron is a. Well, sorry, could you repeat that last part, Rob? My brain. Yeah, which direction you'd be approaching Mount Orem Spire from? Would you? So some options would be, kind of go south along the mountain, uh, going along the peaks, which would be a lot colder, of course. Um, probably a lot more. The air's a bit thinner, so it's a little harder to maneuver. Or go down the north side and approach kind of from the north side of it. I feel like Zoran is the kind of person who goes for the hardier path. <laughs> okay, so along the peaks? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Excellent. So um, you all are traveling, and this takes... Oh, I have to do the measurement thing here on here, because just to be consistent, this is... Yeah, that is less than a day to get there. So this does not take very long. Um, well, that's they good. do not specify in the book what they mean by a day, unfortunately. Oh, they do. 16 hours. Okay. Um, and that is less than... That's more like 12 hours-ish. So I'd say you could get there, since you're probably leaving late afternoon. You could choose um, to keep flying overnight over... Um, or anchor down somewhere to rest uh, during part of the night. And let me just kind of roll kind of a weather check here. My end. And I'll go with, we want four better for good uh, conditions. Three. So you got moderate conditions. Um, you're going to have uh, a lot of wind tonight, but no, not necessarily any heavy rain. Maybe a little bit of light rain, you think, coming. Uh, what would you like to do? Would you like to try to anchor somewhere for the night or just you know plow through it <laughs> uh, I think anchor someplace for the night okay just, you just to, be safe I'll get you to roll a air sailing or landing alright <laughs> and Gareth can help out if he likes and you can okay. roll with karma on this um, if you like it's anything that's a talent you can roll karma 
which is an extra boost. So 16, yep, you will be able to successfully do that. Gareth, if you're helping out, let me know. Yeah, I am. I but, was in uh, the wrong, I was in the wrong thing. That was the problem. Oh, there we go. Whoa, 34. Yeah, so I, oh, think, I think we're fine. <laughs> I think the way this works is maybe as Zoran's finding a little spot for is spotting uh, here's somewhere we land you Gareth you're like uh, I found something better and you point out on the other side of the ship there's like an even better clearing um, where you can land on literally just the top of a small hill be able to see in all directions it's down the mountains a bit of course because that you're not going to be anchoring on the top of a peak because that would be <laughs> not a good idea <laughs> but we'll say maybe there's a plateau somewhere that um, that is nice and clear everywhere, and um, you think who is taking watch uh, for the night? How does watch get divided up? Do you get, uh, maybe I'll just ask Zoran and Jerem? Uh, do you typically just have the trolls do it, or do you share um, duties for um, kind of night watch with them? I like to think we share. Yeah, I think we share. Okay. Maybe I think one. it's. I think it's one of the reasons. I think it's one of those, Zoran tries to do as as much work as the rest of the crew, and I think that's one of the reasons why they stood by him when he owed him so much money. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's a good captain who doesn't abuse his crew. He yeah. Just also, he just also can't you know cash the checks that. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, there is that. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'll just divide. Uh, how would you like to divide up me? So Scrang don't have any low light or anything. So um, you'll you'll either take the first watch and get very. I'll say no negatives. I usually instead of negatives just increase the difficulty, to make that part uh, easier. Personally, we should bookend. Yeah, Gareth or uh, Zoran should get first, first. watch, yep. leading <laughs> into the darkness. Then somebody with low light or dark vision gets the middle watch, and then the other yep. one of us gets dawn watch, basically. Mm -hmm. I like good. the minute watch. Nice. All right. Give me a minute here. The most interesting spirits are out. <laughs> There's that, too. The midnight hour is close at hand. Okay. I'm just doing a quick little look through some stuff before I do rolls or anything. Because this is a part where it's a little bit of improv just to uh, to mix things up. Oh. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I like uh -oh. this. <laughs> Uh-oh, folks. Okay. Yeah, I'm just reading for a second. Okay, alright. And look at some stuff here. Alright, cool. Uh, so... Oh my god, 24. What? Okay. That isn't. I just wanted a, a dice rolled. Okay. <laughs> I wanted a. Roll a d6. Roll a d6. Get a 25. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted a like divisible by three thing, and I'm just like, I can't think about 25 divisible three by three. Let's <laughs> go with this. All right. Um, who took first watch? We'll say uh, Gareth did. Okay, Gareth, Gareth to roll in awareness. I'm going to say you've settled down for the night. Um, you're doing your usual thing, maybe sitting up at the crow's nest, mm -hmm. um, even though, you know, you're you're dry, not dry docked. It's, you know, you're anchored to the ground. Um, it, the airship does actually still float when you're anchored down, by the way, so Makes there's sense. still that feeling of being in the air. 
Right. Um, you're noticing there's just a lot of weird like stuff left in the <laughs> the uh, crow's nest. What? And, like, That's good. God damn. Someone's left like looks well, like someone's t- building a control port up there like that doesn't make any like there's dials and levers that don't do anything up there as if someone was designing something missiles more missiles <laughs> even more what <laughs> this sandwich looks like it's three weeks old yeah. um uh, because I'm still on an airship double karma yeah and um, okay. I would say some of these levers lead out to like wires that run down and you know so it like leads to like what might be a siren thing or something like that, but it doesn't actually work. Oh dear. Um, I feel and, like one of the levers actually leads to the uh, storage tank for the retrieve, which that's exactly what a, I was about has, to say. That <laughs> oh, actually, he, he, Zoran is prepared in a pinch. He has the diarrhea bomb. Oh Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say something looked up to hooked up to the latrine that actually opens a port on the side and drops everything out of it. Well, that's a shitty maneuver. Oh, it gets even better because usually it's followed by a torch. Okay, twenty-four. All right. Uh, yeah, GM roll for that was interesting. Um, yeah, I'd love to roll a forty. <laughs> I'd love to know what Noah does to roll stuff like that, but I'll take the twenty-four. Okay. You're noticing as you're kind of sitting here, probably both meditating and keeping watch. I don't know, just kind of half meditating. Mm-hmm. I don't know, however you want to describe it. Um, you're noticing that there's more moths than usual around you. Um, here, it's kind of a little irritating. Like, they keep flying around you, and it's like, it's almost like testing your resolve to meditate properly and keep your focus. Uh, but then you notice that there's some of them you think you saw in the corner of your eye flying around that you thought oh wow that one's close and then you realize that's not close that's big there's a couple of very large moths flying around here like a foot or two wide wow as long as we don't run across any giant lizards we'll be fine um a foot or two across no you then you realize oh no foot or two up and down maybe five feet wide if you're That's guessing, hell of a wingspan for a moth. Yeah, um, as you're looking around, you're realizing, yeah, that's that. That's a big moth. Uh, there's a couple of them, at least. What are they doing? Are they just flying? Uh, it's hard for you to tell because it is kind of dark out. Uh, but they are kind of circling around. You think because you catch it a bit in like let's say the twilight. It's not full sunset yet. There's still a little bit of astronomical tri- twilight going on. Right. Or there's still a glow in the horizon, and whenever one flies by that that direction, you're like, "Yeah, that's a big moth," and I don't know what it's doing. And then there's another one, and then there's another one, and you're not sure if it's the same one that circled around, or if there's lots of these around. Um, I'm going to take a moment, and I'm actually going to see if I can track one of them, one of these big ones. Okay. See to uh, see if it is the same one circling, or if there are just that many. Apparently. Do you have any particular skill that would match that or talent that would match that? Or we just go with awareness, you think? Uh, Awareness. Not mystical pursuit, I can tell that. Um, Danger sense. Okay. Um, Skills. Oh, danger sense, yeah. Roll danger sense. Yeah, roll danger sense. 
that's a bad thing when GMs, GM says roll dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Where was that roll? Is it? Where did it go? Oh, that you didn't roll yet. Sorry. No. That was Kristen's message that I heard the beep for. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That, on the other hand, in danger. Twenty-three. That's really good. So you're not surprised um, when one of them comes around uh, at you. Uh, so I'm going to allow you to roll an initiative, and then we're going to determine what you actually do, depending on your initiative. Okay. Gareth goes first on a six. Okay. There is at least one coming straight at you, and it. I'll give you a little flavor. It looks like it has a big stinger and claws as it's approach. Like this is getting into like slowed down micro time. You're just about to react because oh my god, that thing has claws and a big stinger. And this is a moth. And it's a big moth. The only moth I know that has a stinger would be the legendary pictures version of Mothra. (laughs) (laughs) And that one, now that I think about it, also had the praying mantis limbs. Great. So I'm dealing with mini Mothras. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. Um, I'm trying to focused strike. Or, no, I'm going to crushing blow the thing. Okay. Remind me how that one works. Uh, crushing blow is, I think that's a damage dealing thing. So you're really unarmed combat. Yeah. Is what you're okay. Um, you beat it on initiative, so you can't use your initiative lower thing unless. I guess you can lower it below it, but then you'd have to act second. Yeah, and I think that's actually how it's supposed to work. Yeah, so let me remind myself how that works. It's been a while since we we looked at that. All right, so your trade-off here, if you use Deliberate Assault, you can lower your initiative by as much as your rank is. Mm-hmm. What, is what is your rank in Deliberate Assault? My rank in Deliberate Assault is eight. Okay. So you can only reduce by six because they only have six. You can't go below zero. Right. But you can use six of this if you wish to go last, but then gain plus six on your attack test against this thing. Since you already described basically bullet time, I think that would be good. Okay. That, that so, sounds yeah. like it could be fun. Okay. So now i got to go back to the right book here. All right. And yeah, Crushing Blow substitutes its rank for my step on damage test after a <laughs> successful close combat. So that's how that um, works. Okay, and then, of course, so, there's body control. <laughs> wow, re-roll. Okay, 21. Does 21 hit? It definitely hits. But how much of a success is 21 on your physical defense? Um, Physical defense. My physical defense is 11, so 10. Okay, so that's two extra successes. Um, You can try to avoid blow, if you like. Target is 21. Yes, please. <laughs> and if you fail, you... Well, you just lose a point of strain. 25, you actually succeed. Um, describe how you avoid... Actually, no, let's let's go through your thing, because then you can describe everything. So okay. you, you get out of the way to miss the stinger coming at you, is basically what you're dodging. Mm-hmm. Um, the moth itself will pass by you, might rub against you or something, but the main thing you're worried about has missed you. Or rather, you have done the avoid blow talent to make sure you don't get stunned by it at least yeah so on so uh you can do your deliberate assault which means you get to add plus six to your unarmed combat test excellent 
So that is rank 20 and being a talent on an airship, that's double karma. Wow, okay. That is quite the hit. So you have three extra successes on this thing. On 30. Hooray. All right, so crushing blow, that allows you to replace your strength step with your crushing blow. Mm-hmm. I believe so. What's the what's the rank in crushing blow? Because that's the best way to usually to do this. My crushing blow rank is eight. Okay, so you take your normal damage, you add plus eight to it. Mm-hmm. That's how that works, and then you add another plus six to it for those three extra successes. Okay, so I believe plus eleven. <laughs> That would be uh, body no. control. Plus 18. Sorry. That, no. That ah, brain math. All right. Think again. So we have plus eight, plus six. Sorry. From your crush. Oh, no. Plus eight. Right. I'm getting your crushing blow and your deliberate assault mixed up. That's why. So plus eight and then plus six. That's plus 14 total to your right. attack damage. Test. And, sorry. Right. <laughs> Been a while and, for me, too. It, it has. Um, so that would be... I rolled unarmed combat, and now it's damage, which means yeah, body control. Right. Yes, so whatever your so, body control is, plus 14. So that's 17 plus 14. Yep, and you do have the option for karma, because this body control is a talent, and I think you can spend karma on the on attack tests anyways. Or damage tests, anyways. Let me verify that. So I feel like you got something like that when you hit circle something or other. Uh, Recovery test. Circle. Yep, yep. Circle five. You got it. You can spend a karma point on any unarmed damage test. So you have double. You have triple karma co- possibilities because you're on an airship. No more than three, though. Roll of three is the thing in your thumb. You can never get more. No, that, more that than, is fair. More than, that is fair. More than three sources of karma at a time. I do have to remember that I can spend a strain. Uh, I get a plus two for my unarmed attack test, so I could have added oh, more. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um, I think I think step thirty-one with triple yeah. karma. <laughs> I mean, you want this thing dead, I guess. Apparently. And you know, this might not be the only one. You're pretty sure. In fact, this is not the only one. Twenty-two. Okay, 22 damage. Uh, let me find the book. Where are you, book? Okay, all right. Mine is R. Okay, it's going to have to do a knockdown, I'm pretty sure. Ooh, it's got a terrible knockdown test. Okay, two. So, describe your attack with you knocking it out of the sky. It's not going to die, but it is going to go falling to the deck, probably. Yeah. Um, I think... What I would like to do, uh, a- as a way to um, block it any injury it has, is as it's zooming by with its stinger, I like duck down and back into the crow's nest, and as it comes over me, I reach up for its stinger, ripping it out, and then using the stinger as what I attack with that makes it spiral down to, to the ground uh, to the deck injured. Okay, I'll allow that. That's a nice roll of cool. Fun. And actually, uh, how high up is Crow's Nest? I don't do you know. 
Um, would be like I would say at uh, least twenty feet. Yeah, it'd be more than that. I think of it like forty feet. I'm just trying to think. Does anybody know what a mast on an average, you know, small sailing ship would be? In terms of one that would be not small, but yeah, it's still a ship, right? Mm-hmm. I think 40, 50 feet, but how many yards would that be? That would be. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, small sailboats under 20 feet in length rarely have masts taller than 20 feet or shorter than 8. Sailboats okay. between 20 and 30 feet have masts up to 30 feet tall. Large 40 foot plus boats often have masts, ex- masts exceeding 50 feet in height. Okay, those large ones would be probably the minimum size for an airship. Uh, so I'm going with um, rolling some falling damage for this thing, basically. That's what I'm trying to figure out here. Or splat. Um, yeah, so it'll actually get knocked unconscious as it hits the ground. What I'm going to rule. Um, and I'm going to get perception. Oh, no, let's get awareness out of Jerem and Zoran. And I think because I used my deliberate assault that I do not get my second attack. Okay. No. Yep. That's your trade-off. You can't do a second attack. That's fair. I, I just had an idea right. for getting out of the crow's nest to the deck. You actually and I can do you can do a motion um, a movement after attacking because you didn't do one before attacking. So the perception, like- right? Yep. Uh, awareness wow. is your. Do you do you have oh. awareness as a talent? I I, I do I do. Always okay. okay. Always Whoa, go for awareness. Uh, and while you're doing that, I will say that Gareth, um, wanting a little bit more space, hops out of the crow's nest, grabs a rope, and slides down. And if I could add some extra damage to the falling moth, that would be great. But I don't want to press my luck. <laughs> Yeah, you can land on it. That would be funny. That would he would purposely do that. It's like yeah. as soon as as soon as he knows that thing's flat on the ground, he would just aim for that. Okay, maybe I'll just do have you do a quick dex check. Um, so roll a raw dexterity. Sure. Uh, the reason for this is not to aim, but rather just your uh, ability to stay on your feet uh, while landing on top of this thing. No, that's fair. Um, can I do? Like, I don't want to. You know. Can I do karma? Or is this uh, being a straight not, dex check? Like, it's, it's not I'm a not talent, so no? It, I'm not considering it an action, so... Okay. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, you're fine. Not bad. You're able to uh, squish it, but not like land in an awkward way that you would fall over or anything while you squish it. Because it's surprisingly durable, these things. Or moths. Um, yeah, Zoram and Jerem, wherever you're at, you hear a, large, a smaller thump and then a larger thump on the deck. And, uh, Gareth, do you say anything? Yeah. I scream out that we're under attack. <laughs> you hear that. I think, uh, Zeron pulls his broadsword from the dartboard he, it's stuck in. Because, of course. <laughs> in his cabin. Yeah, and- I'd imagine this is early in the night, so maybe you're not even asleep yet. You're just in your cabin, like, getting ready to sleep. Oh, no, but he's got to practice one of his talents. He has, I mean, he's throwing weapons. <laughs> yep. Oh, nice. I have thrown weapons, too. And he, I think he takes off outside, not even bothering to put on his armor for now. For now. Yep, going to roll awake. <laughs> I had to get uh, get a little bit in. Uh, is it my watch? No, I don't think it's my watch yet. 
let's see what's going on. All right, and Gareth, you're first up on the initiative, actually. Um, if you want, you can roll an awareness just to see what you see, but uh, it's going to be difficult because it's dark and you're a human. Yeah, that's, so fair. that's fair. I'll just up the difficulty number rather than give you minuses or anything. There it is. We'll see if we can sneak this round in. Tonight. 22. All right, that's pretty good. You can see at least two more of these flying around. You don't know that that's it, but you see at least two more of them flying around if you want to throw something at one, if you have something to throw at one. You know, I do. Okay. I mean, it's not a blood bee, but I would imagine a bolo would work just as well. (laughs) Awesome. Go for it. Okay, so talent, thrown weapon, or throwing weapons. Uh, This is not... Let me double check. Uh, Plus two to their unarmed attack test. Unarmed damage, physical armor, or mystic armor. So, because it's a weapon, no. Okay. So, airship double karma. Well, you know, I think it doesn't. You tonight. I think I think the problem is that I let it sit there and I didn't do it quickly enough. Mm, I don't know. So, let me Let's let me try, try that again. again. See, twenty. All right. Yeah, uh, you're throwing the bullet. All right. So that will hit with one extra success, uh, and that adds plus two to the damage. What's the damage of the bullet right now? Uh, the damage step on the. Uh, it's three, so damage step of nine. Okay. Yeah, roll 11. Then 10. All right, that is a wound. You're getting a sense that these things are not very strong when it comes to wounds. Uh, five is not enough to stay up. That one comes falling down. Uh, I will give it less falling damage because it's not falling as much. All right, so. Oh, no, actually, it doesn't fall. It falters a bit, but then uh, recovers, actually. I'm going to mend that. I forgot to put the armor on it. Oh, interesting. Decently armored. Uh, it's not like it's wearing armor. It's just it's got a really no, no, good no, it, car- it, it, carapace yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. Time I really the... need to up my rank for second attack. Because rank three, just... I, I need a better action step for this. So you can use second attack if you wish to... I can't remember. I guess... Is it second weapon or second attack? Uh, It's a second attack. Okay. And do a quick look up on second attack. I'm trying to remember if that just does that work for only melee is my question. Ah, good question. Or can it be used on non whatever? I'm trying to figure out where's talents. Okay, there we go. Talent descriptions. Sorry, I'll try to be quick here. Second attack. It says second con- it has to be close. Combat. Yeah. So okay. you won't be able to do it this round. I'm using the same so, weapon he used the first attack. Yeah. So that wouldn't be possible in this. So that's your right. your your round, uh, Jerem. Cool. I'm gonna need a little help. Um, so, because I have not cast a spell before, um, I okay. would like to cast Pack Tactics, which, funny enough, despite the name, not actually a pack um, <laughs> spell. So that means it works. Well, anyways, uh, it's a zero thread casting six, and weaving is five ten. So weaving is just the difficulty you put it into your matrix. You don't need to do that because we'll assume you had it in your matrix. Yes, I've got two marks for my matrices. And this is one of them. So pack tactics. All right. Um, So I just do my spell. Yeah. So we're going to say you were probably in your room and came running up in the previous round, something like that, in the cabin. And uh, 
Since you're up here first, you can either hold your action to wait to see Jara or see Zoran, or you can use this on Gareth. Um, Gareth's already ready, so I think I'd like to use it on him. Okay, awesome. This lets you work better together. You point at a willing target and howl and <laughs> make a spellcasting test with a six difficulty. So roll spellcasting. Love it. Yeah, so Gareth, you hardly know me. I walk onto deck and then I scream like a banshee. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Uh, spell casting. All right. I mean, honestly, it's no weirder than anything Navith's done, so. <laughs> wow, wow, 24. Okay, so that's a few extra successes. A successful uh, wolf spirit, but you can flavor this differently if you wish emerges from the surroundings and leaps into the target and their allies within four yards to imbue them. Wow. All effective hmm. allies gain plus one attack test attack and damage tests against designated opponent. So Oh yeah. I guess say, do I, I must see a moth, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You definitely do because you have the little evasion so you can definitely hmm. see these moths flying around. Uh, you can't do multiple castings that are going at the time but that's fine. So successful levels increase effect. So above six you have three extra successes. I believe that is. So you get plus four to the attack and damage tests. Huh. Everyone gets and it plus lasts four. for five rounds. Five rounds. And wow, that's a good one. Alright, Jar- uh, that means Zoran's affected too because he's as long as he stays within four yards which is pretty much huh. the entire deck. So... Nice. Because <laughs> we're talking about Excellent. radius, not uh, diameter, I think. so. As long as you're within four yards of Gareth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the way it works. All right, what does Zoran do sure. on three? I think Zoran just kind of rushes up and looks around. Uh, roll an awareness. All right, one second. It'll be a little difficult, so I'll give it a difficulty nine to see what it is that you're seeing. Extra success. So I'll say narratively, it's just coincident that a couple of these mods basically fly by um, with the twilight in the backdrop. You can see giant moths flying around. Uh, Does anyone have any kind of creature analysis or creature type stuff? Uh, Uh, Let me check. I believe I did take that as a skill. Okay. Yeah, I took that as creature lore. Okay. Both of you roll your creature lures. Alright. Oh, wow. <laughs> 19, okay. Jerem, 12. So, um, Jerem, the difficulty on this, typically the mystic defense of the thing, um, it's a 10. So that's one success. So I'll start with Jerem just because our turn was before yours. Do you have any, uh, first of all, it is a death moth. For sure. These are death moths. Um, avoid the stingers is like the one thing you just know inherently. But uh, if you want, you can either ask a question about more details about this thing or a stat question, if you wish. Um, things like what's its physical defense or what's its mystic defense or things like that is what you can ask. Uh, can I ask, um, is it possible to calm them down or... or- dissuade them um, hmm, good question maybe uh, yeah you don't know uh, in that one there's no documentation you know of do that you may, may think that maybe like a really really big fire but these are big moths so 
Fair enough. <laughs> He's really big. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, my first instinct is to be respectful, but if that doesn't work, let's kill them. Yeah, these uh, while they're not horror tainted type things, they are see they are much different than you know hmm. your typical moths, of course, and very dangerous. Um, you just remember something about don't get stung. You don't know why. Um, and then I'll go to Zoron. You've actually got a couple extra successes on this thing, I believe. Let's see. Oh no, you got one extra success. So you got two questions about this. You know it's a death moth. You know the avoid the stinger thing. But um, so you can either ask for a couple of game stats or a game stat and um, something like what can it do, like in, uh, in terms of like what special abilities it has, uh, stuff like that. So you, it's kind of like Monster of the Week. You got two hold for questions. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'd ask what can they do for special okay. abilities. Good one. So uh, they got a couple things they do. One is they can stare you down in order to cripple you with fear, um, as in to basically make you stay stay still, except in fear, like instead of run away. Uh, but they also, you know, obviously they sting people. But the reason they sting people is they have a paralytic poison that they use to inject in you, and then they lay their eggs in you. I, I think Zoran calls out. Oh. Beware the beware their sight, sight. Beware their sight. It's no other sting. Either one brings you to. Uh, <laughs> I was going to try to rhyme, rhyme, and I now you realize what. No, beware their sight or their sting. Either one will bring your your spring to a stop, and then they'll lay their beast their babies inside you. <laughs> okay. Do you have a game stat you want to ask a question about? Um, shoot, I don't know if it's yeah. I um, sort I'll of give think- you some hints. So, uh, physical defense, physical armor, mystic defense, mystic armor. Though, as an air sailor, those don't matter to you that much. So, physical defense, physical armor, death rating, wound threshold. Those are all things that could be relevant. Uh, physical defense, I think. Okay, so twelve is the number. Um, it's just a communicated number stat. Your character obviously doesn't know that, but you just now know as a player how difficult it is to hit this thing. Okay. Or hit one of them. And what would you like to do as your action? I think I am going to... I'm going to throw... I want to do something crazy. Of course. Because I I, I realize I have a better talent at throwing than a Lee. So I'm going to throw yeah. my sword at one of these. Okay. I mean, you have there. A th- you have a throwing dagger or something, right? Oh, I do have a dagger, yeah. I got yeah. my dagger. Yeah, that would make more sense. All right. Uh, I didn't give you any, like, special weapons or anything, but we can say it's, like, extra forged. So add a plus four to the damage of it when we get to that. Because at circle five, you would have done that by now. All right. Step 13 for four. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So you got to throw your dagger, and you just miss <laughs> completely at one of these. As it goes straight up in the air maybe and then lands back down and as it comes landing back down I think we'll end there and I have an idea for that where that lands actually so. <laughs> oh boy you just hear Gareth yell aim next time
Name Givers, an Earthdawn actual play podcast, uses the Earthdawn RPG system by Fossa Games and also makes use of Creative Commons music from various artists. See the episode notes for a track list and full credits. If you'd like to come chat with us about the show, join us on the Name Givers channel in the Actual Place, a Discord server for actual play podcasts. The link is in the episode notes.